Welcome to Living Orthodoxy, an invitation to a deeper life in Christ, a podcast of St. Philip Orthodox Church in Southerton, Pennsylvania, dedicated to connecting the liturgical and spiritual life of the Orthodox parish with the life of the Orthodox home, presenting the weekly homilies of our parish pastors, Father Noah Buscelli and Father James Thayer, as well as discussions of the liturgical year and Orthodox life and practice by Justin Bowl and Jeff Hyatt. Now here is Father Noah Buscelli. is pray. And out of prayer, we have service. 
But prayer is the hardest and the most powerful force in the universe. That's the way that we can help people the most. Of course, we have to create their needs, their physical needs, emotional needs, all of these things. But we have to repent that God's loving Father would shine through us so we can meet their most important needs which are spiritual. So prayer is the most important thing in this exile journeying to our Father. We identify ourselves as sons and daughters of the Most High. And prayer, of course, has lots of different aspects. You can say there are two poles of prayer. The one pole is the liturgical prayer. The saints' words, the saints' heart, poured forth through the scriptures, through the services, that we get to dip ourselves in, bathe ourselves in the heavenly poetry of the scriptures, of the services, of the hymns of the church. On the other hand, we have the the pole of the deepest sighings of our heart. The psalmist says this the best, let every breath praise the Lord. Sometimes the only prayer that we can give is a sigh, and God hears that sigh louder than any, anything else, you know, than any perfectly uh, authored prayer. So within that pole, of course, we have our book prayers, and we need to be praying from our prayer books, which includes reading the scripture every day as part of our prayer rule. We also need to have a list of people that we pray for, for our family, our friends, our benefactors, our teachers, our colleagues, our neighbors, our parishioners. And then we need the Jesus prayer most of all so that every breath truly would praise the Lord, so that every moment we are fighting off our own agenda and bringing Christ's agenda into our minds and our hearts so that hopefully it can be on our lips. Hopefully God's agenda can be on our feet and at our fingertips. But there are prerequisites to prayer. Of course, the first and most important one is faith. We have to believe that God is there and exists, that he hears us, that our prayers mean and can do something. We have to have perseverance because prayer is not easy. We have to have perseverance. This is what St. Paul says. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Perseverance in the Christian life is paramount. We also have to have attention. We have to be able to turn off distractions. 
put our minds on airplane mode so that we can attend to the one thing needful when we pray. We need to have humility. But there's one more prerequisite that is tough, perhaps the toughest, and that is forgiveness. That is forgiveness. If we are going to pray, and I hope these 40 days of Lent, I hope the beautiful, solemn days of Holy Week, that you will pray deeper and more than you have ever before. But don't do so without forgiveness, because our prayer can turn into fiery coals being poured on our head. So what is forgiveness? Why is it essential? Why is it difficult? And how can we make a beginning? Forgiveness is not identifying ourselves as victims, not letting the shackles of the terrible things that have happened to us remain around us. We are hard-pressed on every side, St. Paul said, yet we are not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. So we don't identify ourselves with the sorrows and the difficulties of life. We identify ourselves with God's forgiveness. Forgiveness is faith that is unashamed, hope that is unwavering, and love that is unfeigned. Forgiveness is our putting into practice the fact of our salvation, that salvation is the gift that costs everything, even us letting go of our hurts. So why is it so important? Why is forgiveness essential? Because this is how we can become like God. As far as the east is from the west, the Psalms tell us, so far hath he removed our iniquities from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth those who fear him. Forgiveness is being godlike. When our Lord said, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, what he meant was be perfect in love, be perfect in mercy, be perfect in forgiveness. We can't be like our Father if we don't forgive. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. St. John Climacus, the author of The Ladder of Divine Ascent, a good book for you to read if you're mature and stable in the faith. He says, someone who prays without forgiving is like a man who sows his seed into the ocean and expects to reap a harvest. Obviously, that's not going to happen. The seed will be dispersed. It will drown. It will be eaten by fish. But it certainly will not germinate and bear fruit. He also says, a man who is harboring resentment and trying to pray is like a man who's 
in his dream running. He's just dreaming about going someplace. So forgiveness is essential because that's how we become like God. That's how the seed of the gospel comes to fruition. That's how our journey in life is not just a dream, but really progress back to God. So why is it so difficult? It's difficult because the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world wants us to be tough, to not, to not be vulnerable, to not have introspection, but to be tough, to crush people, to be in charge, to be this, to be that. The flesh, the flesh just has the unholy trinity always reminding us of me, myself, and I. That's the unholy trinity. Me, myself, and I. Me, me, me. Me before you. My rights, my expectations, my desires, and everybody else can get out of the way. This is our flesh talking. This is fallen humanity striving to cling to life, biological life without God. And the devil, the devil wants to keep us away from God and he sends terrible thoughts. So not only do we have the world and the flesh fighting against us, and then we have the war of the mind. Here's a little story. In a monastery there was a priest and a deacon both members of the monastic community. And over the years, resentment grew up between them. And they began to hate each other, so much so that when one would sense the church, the other one would leave because he couldn't stand to see, couldn't stand to see the other. And they tried to reconcile, they tried to reconcile. The abbot brought them together many times to talk through it. They prayed, they did this, they did that. And finally, one of them died. And the other one, at that moment, his heart softened. But he saw devils, the devils that had kept him, kept them in unforgiveness, fritter away, disperse away. So it's difficult to forgive because the world the flesh and the devil drown us, drown us in what we think is love, but is not love. It's difficult to forgive because our human love is insufficient. We see this, we saw this in the prodigal son. The lust that the prodigal son, that twisted part of human love, was insufficient. He ran out. But the more mature filial love of the older brother was insufficient as well. He could not receive his younger prodigal brother back. He was just the heavenly love of the father. Again, we see the insufficiency of human love last week in the judgment. Human love is not enough. God loves us. 
And out of our response to his love, we love. This is exactly how we do it. Christ on the cross said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And we have to take that humble attitude with each other. We have to say, okay, maybe he knows what he's doing in one hand, but he's not because he's drunk on the devil, on the flesh, on the world. He's not operating in his right mind. And because of that, I can forgive. With Christ on the cross, we can crucify our, our expectations and our demands. But this means real death. And then we can bury our regrets and our grudges. And that means real death. That means letting go of who we think we are in counter-distinction to that terrible person that did that awful thing to me. If we can crucify and bury, then we can arise to God's will, which is mysterious and it's challenging, and ultimately it's self-emptying love. So how do we make a beginning? We have to ask God, Lord, I'm trying to forgive so-and-so. I want to forgive. I'm making a choice to forgive. And yet, help me to fully forgive. I think forgiveness is a, is a process, multi-layer process like peeling an onion. There's a lot of tears when you deal with onions. When you cut through that first dry, bitter outer layer, though, you get to the juiciness and the sweetness of the onion. And you keep peeling and peeling and peeling until it's all gone. And then you have a beautiful soup cooking. It's worth the effort, brothers and sisters, because God loves us. It's worth the effort because division Separation, alienation, isolation are not how we are meant to live. And especially because we are in exile. We have to stick together. We have to journey together. We have to find compatriots to journey with us back to our patria, to our Heavenly Father's homeland. May this Lent, inaugurated with forgiveness, be a, a beautiful time for us. Let us flog the demons with them with a name above all names. Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Amen. Amen.